0: explain why. As you turn there, I'll pray. Yep, so, uh, Jeremiah 2, Psalm 36. There you go. And I'll tell you, man, letting people in like that changes your life forever. <clears throat> Father, Speak to our hearts this morning. I pray that you would just give us fresh revelation, uh, fresh perspective about who you are, about your heart, about your intentions toward us. I pray that we would not uh, be caught up and just reacting to what happens to us. But that we would show some poise, show some humility, come come before you and say, Father, what are you doing? What do you want me to do? What's my assignment? And then I just pray, Lord, that uh, with all the distractions that life brings, I pray that you give us an ability to hear your voice really well and then a heart to put it into action. So bless our time this morning, Lord. Teach us more about your nature, Lord, about how you provide for us. About, we saying, good, good Father, Lord. Help us to have just a fresh revelation on your goodness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so we left off last week from 1 Samuel 13, right? And we were talking about We're talking about Saul, who actually did not have a great day. And he didn't have a great day because he responded to a situation out of anxiety, out of worry, out of panic. And he included God, but he did it the wrong way, and it cost him. And so, before we even started the message last week, we talked about this phrase that I really couldn't let go of and I wanted to spend a few weeks at least talk, just kind of talking about it more. We started off last week with the phrase um, or with the idea, the concept that I, I know I want to and I'm assuming that every Christ father wants to. You want to experience full measure. me say full measure. full measure. You want to experience full measure God's miraculous faithfulness and his promised provision. I think you do. I hope you do anyway. I know I do. And like when we experience those two things, when we really see how faithful he is, despite maybe we're not always that faithful, when he's more faithful than we are, that's pretty life-changing And then when we experience the way he provides when we lack or when we're inadequate or when it just doesn't really seem how could it happen or really come together in a way it needs to that'll change our lives. And then we become we're able to trust him easier. Right? And patience maybe it still might be an issue but it's like we're at least a little bit more likely to let them hold on to stuff for a little while. So this idea of fullness, fullness. Uh, Everybody knows, I think, well, I don't know, everybody knows. I shouldn't say things like that. (laughs) Pretend I never said that. Um, I know it's, a lot of people may think and do think that God is in control of everything, right? Right? totally sovereign, in control of everything, every situation. He created the world. uh, And the Bible is very clear. He just knows every detail about everything on the planet, every person, every animal, every bird. I mean, just to the intricate detail from all of history for all time, all at the same time, it's crazy. And the interesting thing is he's also invited us, the human race, he's invited us to partner and co-labor with what he wants to do. The purpose he has for our lives and for the lives around us. And, you know, we spent some time reading about St. Paul, right? Paul got knocked off the horse, the Holy Spirit knocked him off, and and Moses and the burning bush, um, and there's a lot of radical stories in Scripture where there's just man. That's that's just the crazy thing that happened, and and sometimes God does do these things where He says, you know what? Listen, I need to get the attention of this person, and so I am just gonna just do things that are completely unorthodox and that are very inconsistent just with the laws of nature and with. Uh, Reality, and this is the way I'm going to invade. And sometimes he does that. There's also other times, um, like he says in Romans chapter 1, sometimes he continues to pursue, 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 be available, be available. Sends so many signals, so many things towards somebody. And they, they make it very clear that they're not interested and they don't want his affection, his lordship, or his love. And he says, okay, then like you you have it your way. Kind of like bad reference to Burger King, but in essence, like that's what the deal is. Like you kind of have it that way. So there is this dynamic of two things happening where there's God, he's in control, he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, but yet there seems to be a heavy respect level for our choice and what we would like to do. So I said this word, fullness, right? <clears throat> Julie and I, we the we went on a cruise uh, a few years ago. Was it before Jeremy was born or was he born? I don't remember. Before. Yeah, before. Yeah. yeah, nothing happened since they came. <laughs> uh, <laughs> except for a lot of laughs and smiles, right? Um, so. Before Jeremy was born, I had the, the privilege to go on a cruise, and it was, it was a lot of fun. We went to Bermuda. It was a great time, and we got a great deal on it. Super enjoyed it. If we get to the chance again, to where we can go, I'd, I'd very much like to do something like that again. Um, I remember in the very beginning of the trip, you know, you have your decision of where you're going to stay on the boat and the particular one we were going on it wasn't sort of you're docking somewhere for a day or two and then heading off to another spot and then go to another spot this was you just docking at one spot and you can really get to know the island get to know Bermuda, check out all the sand do all the stuff, it's pretty neat so in the very beginning you know we're making our choice as far as what kind of room to get and there was like four choices of rooms and so you had like the presidential elite package and we're like eh, you know then there was, like, another choice for a room that was, that was pretty nice, uh, uh, cabin side. Uh, then there was, like, another option they called it, I think they call it stateside. Which was, like, kind of, eh. And then there was one that was, like, a closet, basically. So you had these options, and, of course, they had prices with the options. And about three days, eh, maybe, like, a day and a half into our trip, we chose, like, the, the lower level, stateside one, is basically... Not a closet, but a walk-in closet, basically. <laughs> That's really what it was with, with, like, a toilet. And so we were in there like a day and a half and I was like, oh, why did we not just pay for the other one? It was so annoying. And so I really wanted to have the experience of being able to wake up and, like, have our little deck out there and see the water and just have some freedom and space to move around and just enjoy it that way. So it's like, we still got our cruise, and we got to see Bermuda and stuff, but on the boat, you know, in our little dinky room, like, you know, we made it work. It's definitely about who you're with. But it would have been nice to get the full experience, do you know what I mean? Like, with like a really nice um, place that we can come together and just enjoy it in a little bit of a different way that would have added a lot to it. The Christian life is very much like that. It's very much like that. You see these dying plants up here? I didn't take them off. I was going to take them off. I decided not to. They're dying, right? They're from Easter. They look pretty pathetic. They're hanging on, but not by much. We have been watering them. Yes, we have been They're just not doing well. And um, so they're experiencing life right now. You know what I mean? But it's not... Yeah, in a not real impressive way. And I feel like there's a lot of people in the Christian life that are experiencing, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, I said a prayer, but they, they respond the same way when high trouble and high anxiety, anxiety moments come up. Their tone towards others isn't really kind. They don't show a ton of like, patience towards the ones that really grind their gears. You know? um, their spiritual life is kind of stale. It's like there. And they, they know it's important. They should do it. But it's sort of stale and dull. And it's like you're not getting the full measure, the full experience of like, being close to his heart, hearing his voice, Seeing him work in miraculous ways and being a part of that promised provision. Right? There's a way to experience this father and this relationship. And much of that he leaves up to us. I've never been to Disney World or Disneyland. I'd like to go. I hope take the boys someday. But I'll tell you what we won't. Like, we won't go there and pay for our plane, pack our bags, get our plane tickets, stay where we're going to stay, and be there for only one day. You don't do Disney World or Disneyland that way. There's too much to see. There's too much to experience. I want to make sure we're there for the right time, plugging into the right stuff, and like getting it done. Be like, okay, now we know what Disney is about. And I feel like uh, there's just there's, there's just you know so many things in life that. We're Christians we can leave so much on the table so easily that we don't have to there's just a fullness that we can just enjoy with our father rooted out of relationship and too many like and I'm not like saying everybody in this room is like that I'm just saying this overall feel within the bride is just it's just so many Christians that walk around looking like that sounding like that and then typically what they do is their life and their faith kind of looks and sounds like that. And then they see things that are alive and vibrant and colorful. And then these ones are like, nah, nah, nah. And then they're like, "You know what I mean?" when I say, nah, nah, nah. like, what, what is that?" You know like... So I just wanted to take a break for a few weeks. Uh, to talk about this idea of the source. Everybody say the source. The source. Because if we have a better recognition and awareness of the source, and I'm talking about God himself, the Trinity, the entire Trinity, God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, a better awareness of the source, who he is, what that's like, the intentions of him, It really changes a lot of things. And what it does is uh, it starts to uh, work in our lives so that things go in different ways. We, um, let me pause that thought for a minute. Like, there's this idea in the Christian faith and in Christianity that as you become a more mature Christian, that means that you become more autonomous. That means independent. And then you don't need other people's help because you're so mature now. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Autonomy, independence, that's not a sign that you have it all together. In fact, that's like, if I'm the pastor and I'm around that person, that's actually a really scary sign. And typically, I, I, I try and interact with them and exactly where is your mind right now and what's going on? Because this is not a good... Like, that's a red flag. And it was always intended to be that way. It was always intended that God himself would be the source and that we would live from his strength and that at points along the way, believe it or not, we would actually become... Sources, small s, small s, sources for others around us. So the kingdom, its attributes, its um, the way heaven works, the way it sounds, the way it smells, like it would actually be absorbed and communicated through those that have been feeding on the source. so the next few weeks we're going to talk about all of that stuff and my attention today was just kind of just cast an overview just talk a little bit about where we're headed and what's going to happen alright um, so he said Psalm 36 verse 9 right Psalm 36 verse 9 we'll go there first and then I want to get to that Jeremiah passage Thirty-six, verse nine, it says, "For with you, talking about God here, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. For with you, for with you, God, for with you, Father, is a fountain of life. In fact, the thought process, if you were to continue, it goes: If I were to try and do life and make decisions." In any other way, other than the way that you've guided me and shown me to be craziness, I'd be losing. Because in you is a fountain of life. And then, in your light, we see light. In other words, if you continue that further, Father, the only way that's valuable for me to see a situation or to see a person is the way that you see it. That's a radical shift in mindset. To see it's not even worth it going here, not even worth it going there. I gotta feed on one source and I gotta stay there and live from that. And then what happens is now that I'm doing that, I'm seeing things how they really are, because I wasn't seeing things how they really were before, even though I thought I was. This is the effect, one of the effects, a major effect that the proper place of the source can have in our lives. Life and light. Everybody say life and light. Life and light. Life and light. Um, When we recognize the source and we spend time talking about it and thinking about it, it'll start to put our Father in His rightful place. And when He's in His rightful place, things in life work out very different and very unusual. Always for his glory, but very different, very unusual. Um, and in addition to that, if you agreed with what I just said, I don't know if you're going to agree with what I'm going to say next. Um, God has an amazing delay. or He has an amazing way. He has an amazing way to fast track. Everybody say fast track. Everybody loves that. He has an amazing way to fast-track things in our life, maybe to get us to places or around people or in situations or around finances or around anything that typically we wouldn't be able to get to on our own. Because we have our Heavenly Father like just pushing us through, helping us out, guiding our steps, fast-tracking us. He also, he also, has an amazing ability to delay us and have us sit in a place to do a work in us so we are prepared to receive what he wanted to originally give to us. Amen, Pastor Jared. And I know that's not the fun one, and I don't like it either. But it's the reality. And I say that because Well, let's go to the Jeremiah one, okay? That's, that's why I'm saying Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Um, the people here kind of got themselves into some problems, and the women probably know this passage and have some familiarity because they finished studying the book of Jeremiah not too long ago. But the nation had gotten themselves into trouble, And they weren't really doing really well. They were pretty independent, autonomous, resourceful. Verse 13, chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me. Say forsaken? forsaken. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water. And they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So they committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. and then, So they just left God pretty much out of the picture altogether. And then what they did is they dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns. I cannot hold water. So it's interesting. The mistake, one of the mistakes that they were making, they were worshiping other gods, false gods. They were making decisions and doing life the way God said not to do it. Um, and one of the things that they were doing is they were relying on their own strength and their own ability. And I think that everybody in the room knows it's very important for myself, for you, to be uh, productive, to be efficient, to do things well, to do them on time, to stay on task, um, to show accountability, and to show responsibility when we do them. These are important, right? And... That's always going to be true. That's always going to be true. But the way that we do those things is very, very important. Very important. And that's where this idea of the source plays in. Because yes, it's important to do all the things I just talked about before. But the way that you do them is very important. That's where God comes into play. So what they were doing is they were relying a lot on their own strength, a lot of their own ability. Um, They were able to create really their kind of entire nation by not being super obedient to what god is they still um met at their tabernacle and their tents they still did sacrifices god was still present there was still a mental agreement that he was there it wasn't translating into their lives it was just religious activity that didn't translate into a humble commitment religious activities they were busy um, they weren't really getting a lot done but they were busy being religious it's kind of like if we're flying an airplane and um, if you just <laughs> drove around on the runway the whole time feels really busy man I'm driving all over the place yeah but you're not getting to where you're going you're not in the air doing what you're like supposed to be doing And a lot of people live their lives that way. They just get themselves so consumed and so busy with so many things. It's like, you're doing a lot of tarmac work right now. I don't know what else you're doing. Right? And we have to be honest with ourselves, too, that God has made that very clear in my life a lot of ways. The source has made it very clear that, hey, like, uh, I'm not sure what you're living from right now, but not a lot of this is me. Right? We've got to be humble and be able to recognize that and see that. So what they did, as he said, hey, man, they forsake me. They did it their own way, their own thing. And then what they did, and what they would do back then is, if they didn't have wells or springs of water, they would build these cisterns, these big containers, to catch the rainwater so they would have a supply. And number one, God is saying, listen, I'm the living water. Like, I'll keep that thing full all the time. Just trust in me. And they're like, eh, you know, know." whatever they were saying. They're showing by their disobedience that they weren't buying it. They can say whatever they want with their mouths, but by what they're actually doing. How many people know by what you do actually shows what you believe? I don't really care what you say or how you preach. It's like what you do, right? So they are doing this thing where they're creating their own little pots and God's saying, hey listen, you're doing your own thing and it's like, you're not trusting me when I just give you a continuous supply and me what you need, you're abandoning that, you're creating your own thing, and he's saying the thing that you're creating, the container you're creating has all kinds of cracks and holes and has fallen through anyways. It's like, why are you doing that? It doesn't make sense. And so when we have recognition of the source we're a lot less likely to create our own little containers to make ways for things to work. We're much more likely to plug into him. So just a couple of thoughts on this, all right? Um, one is, probably a decent amount of you in the room would say, hey, listen, yes, it's important to plug into God. He should be the source of my life, and, and that's important, and that's what I should be doing and I also know some other things I should be doing, and so, okay. And I'd say, that that's all right. That's, that's good, number one, to acknowledge that. That's, that's very surface-level understanding, and we want to go deeper. We want to go deeper? Yeah, let's go deeper. Um, if somebody tells you, you know, you should eat better, and maybe do, people do tell you that, you should eat better, you should exercise, you should pay those bills on time, like, like we know, we should do that. It's also true... If you are able, if I am able to see the other side, to see the benefits and the freedom that are attached with what the advice is being given, I'm kind of much more likely to buy in. If I can start to see the amazing freedom that I can have from just like working out and eating better and the energy level I get and just how the stress level goes down and like how that feels I don't know that's much more of a buy-in to me than hey just do that because you're supposed to or somebody says hey don't rack up all kinds of debt well you know I wanted it you know and so like, you want a lot of things for long enough you get into trouble and you shouldn't have had them in the first place but if you get in a position where you can Understand when it's like, "Ah, I should and I shouldn't. The other side is like not restrictive and you're not held back by some things and a bunch of things maybe that you owe. You're in a position to like give and just make moves when you want. To me, that sounds much more entertaining than make sure you pay your bills and you do that. I mean, it's true, I should, but honestly, I'm much more involved with the freedom on the other end. I'm not really that concerned if Visa or MasterCard are happy. I don't really care about that. I-, I care about freedom in my life and for glory for the king to make moves whenever he says make moves. So a couple of thoughts on this idea of the source and then we're going to close up. Again, this is just like an overview of where we're headed. Where we're headed. Stuff we're going to talk about. This is all stuff we're going to talk about. Um, Number one, when we think about this idea of the source, him being the source, I'd like to focus more on, remember I was talking about the other end? It's really the why, like why. Why? Okay, it's important, he should be the source, but why? Um, Part of the why, I think, of why it's important to keep God to being the source is because, number one, that's his rightful place. (laughs) That's just who he is. And to put him in any other place is going to mess us up and frustrate us and put us down paths that won't be helpful. And I like to just start with just thinking about nature. can like just think about nature. Intelligent design is everywhere. And I can't, it's not really the morning to talk about all of the... Of the amazing things about intelligent design and how it's so there and every argument possible. It's not the morning for that. But it is ample, and there is a lot of it. And it's woven all through his creation. And if you pick out any single part of creation and you decide to really study it and look at it, you're going to say, Wow, this is complex. And to think it all started from an explosion. (laughs) is odd to me. It's just odd. And then to think, if it did start from an explosion, like the stuff that was there had to come from somewhere. And then that had to come from somewhere. Like, whatever. We have what we have here. Right? And it's very obvious on this planet you can't do without two things for life. Can't do without two things. And they're like really good evidence of it. Okay? So they have actually been getting watered. Obviously, they're not getting any. They're not getting any sun. And it's amazing to me to think about how the sun is the source of and responsible for so much life. Uh, If we don't have the sun, we don't live. We don't live. The plants don't grow. Bless you. The stuff that eats the plants don't eat the plants. The stuff that pollinates the plants, they have nothing to pollinate. We can't eat the stuff that eats the plants. Or For those of you that don't eat meat, then well, you don't have animals and you don't have plants. So either way, it doesn't work. We don't have the sun. We don't have anything. And and yes, you can absolutely use the pawn of S-O-N and S-U-N. It's totally true and totally relates. But it was designed that way. But it's interesting, even the sun can't do it by itself. It needs to have water. If you don't have water, you don't have life. So they got to work in tandem. And like he created that and it works that way. And everything on the planet works that way. I don't care who you are, where you're from, how much money you make. I don't care the situation. You still need sun and you still need water. It's got to happen. So it's interesting to me that the source, like he's just left his, his fingerprints all over everything. And hopefully, you know, we recognize it and pay attention to it. So I mentioned before about how of life changes, right? Remember remember I mentioned that before? So you have, we have to, I have to, right? We have to, we've got to do things, right? We have to be productive. Isn't it interesting? Think about, Garden of Eden, uh, perfect, perfect, perfect environment. God's walking with them, everything is there. And the interesting thing is, the perfect environment is not a work-free environment. He gave God a task. He said, hey, go name them. Go name this, take care of that. It's not a work-free environment. We were created to work. And maybe work doesn't look like exactly how we want it to. And maybe over the years it hasn't shaken out the way it has to. But nonetheless, we were created to work. And there is something about when you work hard and you work well and you feel productive that it, it adds something to your soul and to your being. It's like, this is good. Like, this is good. And the source conversation Includes being productive and doing things well. But like I said, how? How do you do those things? How do those things... What's the motivation? What's driving behind it? And um, I I just think about... And then you think about how people do things in life. A lot of people do things because they're afraid they might get caught that they didn't do something. So that's just CYB. You're just doing it to cover your butt, basically. Um... You know, we do things because we want to look or appear a certain way to other people. Whatever that might be. That's why we do some things. Um, We do things, I guess, typically a lot of times because um, we feel like, you know, we have a right to whatever we're doing or whatever we want to get. Um, I don't know. We do a lot of things. We do a lot of things in ways... That typically, we default to the most convenience and the greatest comfort. I mean, typically, that's, that's what we want to do. And I'm not saying God isn't interested in that at all. He's interested in that. But he's more interested about how that's obtained and how that shows up. Because he's not interested for short-term stuff. He wants long-term, secured in hand, complete peace. Total hope. Living in prosperity not just dollar signs, fullness of relationship with them. So how we do it? How we do it? So now when I do something at work, am I doing it to make myself look better and make them look bad? Am I doing something at work now to like actually help them and make them look better than me because I'm more secure about who God is and how he's going to handle my life? Well, they might get the credit. They might get the attention. I might not. I don't know if that's that bad sometimes. But then maybe there's other times where people are doing things and they need to be held accountable. And so you want to say something. And maybe you should say something. But again, the way. So like, how are we going to do this? Right? The source is going to guide how that should like go down and what that should look like. How am I going to wait for my spouse until marriage? Right? What does that look like? How will I wait? How, in that delay... How can I maximize the greatest amount of God in my life so I'm ready for when my spouse is here? Right? It changes it totally. So some don't have sex to your marriage. Well, yes, that's true. But get into the why behind that. How it's going to set someone up for so much freedom later on and a rightful place of the gift that's been given. So the how changes everything. Uh, With the realization of who our source is, it fixes our focus. The realization of who our source is, it helps to fix our focus. So if you have difficult times setting priorities, setting agendas, um, knowing how to approach situations, I mean, man, being plugged into the source of living water of abundance, of all wisdom, of all knowledge, certainly helps us to better identify and realize, oh, I can't do that. That's not good for me. That's a waste of time. That's a trouble area. It just helps you to narrow and fix your focus. One thing that I've, you know, within the past few years, I guess it's a getting older thing, even though I'm not super old, but it's like, I was just reminiscing with Julie the other day about choices like just made in life, I just think back to all the choices that I would, I would love to do over again differently. I just don't like it. They just weren't good. I didn't make good choices. They just weren't good ones. They were like, okay. But they weren't good. And one, I know it's not hopeless. Because God is God. He is on the throne. I'm after his heart. And he just, he brings things back together to make good for those that love him being called according to his purpose. That's just, it is what it is, and I already know it. So I'm okay with that. But I, I, I really have a strong dislike for wasted time. And the way I define wasted time is, any time where I am uncooperative, procrastinating, have issues of compromise, I consider that consider that wasted time. Procrastination. Full of excuses. Um, just more self-centered. I consider that stuff wasted in time. And I feel like, ah, there's so much of that in my life. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. And it doesn't mean that I'm, if I'm in a relationship with God that he won't delay things and have things take longer. But I'm okay with that. Because to me, that's not a waste. Of, that's him wasting time. I don't care if he's wasting time. I don't want to be wasting time. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's just such an amazing call in our lives, on my life, on your life, of destiny, of value, to not just receive, but to also become. I don't want to waste any time. There's no time to waste. We got like a little thing here, and then we're out. (laughs) And the Bible goes just, you know, just like a vapor, a mist, and you spray a bottle, you see it, and then it's gone. That's the way the Bible describes our life. That's it. And for me to be held back and hung up on on things in my past, like, you know, praying out loud, talking in front of people, not knowing somebody if I'm there, to get held up on things like that is really just not good. It robbed too much time from me. And there's other things that rob time, but those are three that come to mind. Last thought. Last thought. Um, When we're talking about the source, it's true that its fingerprints are all over the world and we can see it everywhere. It's also true that a better realization of knowing who the source is fixes our focus on where it should be. The last thing is that um, as you recognize the source, we start to have an expectation to be used as a source. So, once we get to a place where we have better understanding of who the source is and how He speaks and ministers into our life, we then start to have the realization of, oh wow, I'm not here to just receive all of this. i got to give it out. got to give it out. And there's way too many sons and daughters, brothers and sisters in the body that are just takers. They just there's just not like a lot of givers they just take oh that's not my you know that's not my favorite worship whatever person today I'm not going to really listen to that or do whatever you know um, I'm not going to go to that group because I don't really particularly like you know so and so in that group and so you know I'm not oh my parking spot was taken like you know they're in my pew or in my seat I need to be at the front of the line you know there's like a lot of this stuff that's just like taker mentality it's weird I mean, it's not that weird. I know it's the fault of our flesh, but for people who've been walking with Jesus, that's weird. When He saves us and transforms us, like we're we're not as much takers. We just roll with it, and we just become we become more focused on the call and fulfilling that, even if it comes at the cost of our comfort. A real sign of maturity. I know, like when I notice that in people, I am very excited when I see that. So I'm like, man, they are doing it and they're doing it well, because they're more focused on the call. Like something happened, or it intervened in their life, or all of a sudden something fell in their lap, or they made a, a, um, a promise or gave their word towards something, and they're not trying to back out. Like they're staying in it. I am very intrigued and like interested in that, because I'm saying, wow, like the call is more important than their comfort level and it's being reflected by what they do I can tell living waters are there so the source right that is going to be our focus for the next few weeks Um, I am very much looking forward to it we're specifically as Steve passes out the elements here and then maybe one more to, to help out Yeah. Thanks brother. Yeah so what we'll do uh, through these next few weeks, I don't know I don't know if it'll go longer than that but we'll see. For the first week we'll talk about stewardship. The idea of being a manager. Stewardship. What does that mean? What does that look like? Why does the Bible spend so much time talking about it? And how does that practically play into my life? Then after that, that next week, we're going to talk about strictly finances. Money. Just money. So what is, what is God, what's his heart towards money and finances? It's really just a tool. It's just another thing that he uses in life. Uh, but it becomes an important one because we work so many hours for it. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, and then after that week, We're going to talk about abundance and prosperity and what that means. Because those terms are used a lot in the Bible. But then there's also terms of poverty and not having much. So we're going to talk about all that in the next few weeks. So I'm excited about that. And um, I think it's going to bless a lot of us. And Eric, would you mind just queuing up that last song that we did, Come Now Found? Not quite yet. We're going to sing it after we take communion. says so while they are eating Jesus took bread he gave thanks and he broke it he gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body and so we take and we eat then he took the cup he gave thanks and offered it to them saying drink from it all of you This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so we take and we drink. Uh. Uh. Jesus, man, he just modeled so much. That's why I love to spend time reading about his life in the Gospels. It's always worth it. As much time as you can get spent in there reading and watching his life because he modeled what it looked like to have a life completely connected to the source and just shaking off things like when they're interference. Love it. I love it, love it. Um, So what we're going to do, Eric, you got that song queued up? Yeah, I feel like in the next uh, few weeks, bless you, this idea of the source is really going to help us. It's going to help transform our mind, bring a lot of peace, bring a lot of confidence, and elevate hope. Hopefully you're interested in, like, increased peace, elevated hope. Um, I know I am, so I'm looking forward to it. So let's sing about the found that never runs dry. Sound good? Okay, go ahead, Eric.